We are live. JW Mega Wag Show. I am your host, the Candyman. And today, we're in for a special treat. We got local artists here, uh, Doer, here in San Francisco, actually Michigan right now, calling in. Welcome to the show here, Muni Radio. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I know you got a lot of, uh, I saw this uh, tiny telephone recording, and I've seen, you know, something, but gosh, it just, it looked really fun. It looks like yeah, you're having a lot of fun out there. Yeah, it's a, it's a really special place that a lot of really cool records have been made in, and uh, it's nice. Every time I go there, time kind of, whatever's happening in the outside world, which in this case was a lot, um, you kind of don't have to think about it. So it was really nice to just kind of melt back into a tiny telephone again. Yeah, I could see that. You know, being an artist and having that creative outlet is so key right now, or to have any kind of outlet. It seems like really I took advantage of that. Yeah, it's been crazy. I feel like a lot of, um, it seems like there's a lot of pressure to try to produce something during this period, uh, <laughs> which is a little bit, I think, asking a lot, considering how crazy everything is. Fortunately for me, I was just just wrapping this up when everything started, but uh, yeah, since then I've been in a pretty vegetative state and uh, kind of giving myself a break about that because the whole world is upside down so yeah i'm lucky i had some some content just ready to go uh right as all this started happening yeah you've been doing it for a while you had a lot of this you're you're in the the lab for a while and this whole shutdown i just like what do you do when you can't go out and do shows it's just it's just yeah and <laughs> i mean i think um I don't know. It, it, I could see how at a surface level it seems like it would be a good time to be creative, but actually it's like all the other shit of like going out in the world that uh, you need <laughs> you need material, and it's like going out and doing things and experiencing the world. Uh, you don't really get struck by a lot of new thoughts when you're just in your bedroom <laughs> for another day. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to get back into the world at some point here too. Yeah, that's really fun. Yeah, so I, I was going to... Um... One of the listeners that here, what this is a, uh, a song off the, your record was an ink blot. The ink artwork blot is, is uh, great on this cover, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, I found. I knew I wanted to call the record uh, ink blot, um, and I was just looking for. I so I kind of had this idea that it was going to be sort of a Rorschach test looking image, and I was just searching all around uh, for something that I liked, and that one like really, really, really popped. Um, I found the artist online and, and reached out to her and said, "Hey, like, here's the situation. Uh, can can we work something out where I can I have permission to use this and that kind of thing?" And I I had to have it because it just as soon as I saw it, I was like, "Yeah, that's that's the one." Yeah, that totally goes with it. And it's like you look at it. Yeah, it's great artwork. So this uh, this song haunting me. I uh, I listened to it. I am um, yeah. This is a great song. So. Um, yeah, it's a great. Yeah, so I mean, you're everywhere. You're on Spotify. You're on Bandcamp. You're on SoundCloud. You're just, you're just everywhere. Yeah, all the places, wherever, wherever you want to find it. Hopefully, wherever I should be there. It. Yeah. So here's um, here's a the, a song off the record. Doer, uh, Ink Blot. This is a song called "Haunting Me." Just some fresh quarantine lemonade here at Muni Radio. Um, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna play this. Really fun. I'm 
Peace. Thank you. Yeah, though you said something in the beginning with the lyrics. I'm a yeah, there was something in the beginning where you had um, you had uh mentioned uh something about inspecting your apartment. Yeah, I had a weird, I had a weird thought of um, this is actually a, that little piece. Sometimes the little bits of lyrics come like long before the rest of it. Um, and I was cleaning up, uh, and I found like a, a little scrunchie or like a hair tie that, uh, belonged to someone that doesn't come around anymore. And I just remember thinking like, wow, like when somebody is 
staying in your apartment, all their stuff just like permeates in all these places. And like, it'd be, I don't know. I watch a lot of true crime shows. I'm just thinking like how it would be funny if uh, like private eyes or crime scene detectives like had a side hustle where they would come just find all the evidence of your ex relationships and like, you know, turn on the black light and scrub them off or something. Like, can I, is that a service that I can buy to like feel that my apartment is fully <laughs> cleansed of bad memory? That's a great story. I feel like everyone could relate. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So what brought you, because um, I know we, we had met in San Francisco, but how did your journey to San Francisco, how did that all happen? Yeah, I, um, I had never really been to San Francisco before moving there. I totally, um, I totally was, bought into kind of like uh i guess summer of love type of marketing and stuff of like oh man san francisco has got to be where it's at and i kind of showed up and expected you know free love in the streets still and it's been <laughs> a little different than that but in in it's also been like wait it's there were things i never would have imagined that i love about san francisco too um and just all the people that i've met and that kind of thing so I sort of showed up sight unseen about five years ago. I didn't play music right away. I kind of needed to go through this whole process first of like working through. Uh, I mean, I think a lot of people that perform still remember like when it was just you convince yourself that you don't want to do it right now, but really you're just like working through being afraid to do it. So there was a lot of that. Started writing, started singing took really like a few years of just kind of doing stuff in my bedroom and then I think about three years ago now there was a wake-up call of like hey if you want anybody to ever hear the things that you're doing um, you have to venture out of the house and play shows and play open mics and meet people and um, from that point forward it really just like my whole life exploded in a good way um, as far as just people and shows and fun things and opportunities and and people getting to hear the music and that's been really good so um yeah if, if anybody's peering over the edge of that particular diving board of jumping into something um just do it <laughs> it's like jumping in a pool like you just gotta jump and then you'll figure it out on your way into the pool but um yeah, yeah it's been really great the last few years here what pushed you over the edge to where you were just like i need to do this yeah, I had kind of a, I had a, a confidant of sorts, a, a friend that I was talking to who had done, sort of done a whole lap of music and was kind of chilling, but I was sort of pitching this plan of, you know, like, well, I think because I really like making it, I'm just going to create it and then put it online and just like hope uh, people will find it if they like it and that kind of thing. And it was kind of a frank discussion of like, that's great. Um, if you have, if you really do want people to hear it, um, like if you don't want this to be just a hop, like a little side pet project thing, like, unfortunately you need to play shows. That's just the way that it works. And it was kind of like an unfortunately thing at first of like, Oh, I don't want to do that. Um, but I'm, I'm really glad that I did after once you start to get comfortable, I, I love it. And I never thought that I would. So. Um, yeah, I had some polite encouragement of saying like, hey, if you want people to hear this, you should really get out there. Um, and I begrudgingly did it. And then once sort of 
there was some momentum there. It was like, okay, actually, I love this. So it all worked out for the best. Yeah, I could see that. So I was talking to someone the other day. It's like, we're not getting any younger. It's like, this is it. Totally. Yeah, and it's, well, I think it builds on itself because when you haven't done really any anything yet of those big, scary things, they all seem really hard. And then once you do even one step, like, okay, I'm going to go play at an open mic. And then once you start playing at open mics and you're like, that wasn't that bad. Like, why was I so terrified of that? You you start to, like, build up a muscle of, of doing things that seem terrifying. And then you start to realize, like, this is just another thing that I'm afraid of, but it's not going to end up being a big deal. What was the first uh, open mic that you went to? I <laughs> I had a false start. Uh, I went to the Utah, um, like, a year before everything really ended up getting started and I played and that was my first time you really even performing and uh I remember just being like that was not how I planned I'm sure it was fine like in hindsight um but just like oh I must that's like the common refrain is like I'm just not ready yet like I gotta blah 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 so anyways uh that took forever and then uh and then I really started hitting it hard all at once sort of so I was just doing there was I was doing like four open mics a week um, so the Utah was definitely a big one where I met a ton of people. Uh, I used to hit a cafe international in the hate and then, um, bizarre cafe is like, that became home. That was, um, really the first place that I was like, this is, this is my crowd. Uh, left the owner there a while ago. I think the second open mic I did, um, gave me my first show, which is a common tale for San Francisco musicians to have gotten their first show from left at Star Cafe and it's still my favorite spot. It's actually now that I'm kind of old and cranky and don't hit it quite as hard with the open mics that Bizarre Cafe is kind of the only one that I still do because it's just so close to my heart at this point. Yeah, there's something that's really special about that place. The other open mics are, are great too, but there's something about Bizarre, you know. I think the yeah, fact that... Yeah, it was kind of cool. There was, um, there was a sort of a class of us that all showed up in San Francisco or at least started playing out all at the same time, like within like four weeks of each other, um, a whole bunch of people, um, myself, uh, Carly Mari, um, that was when Corey Harlan had just shown up. Um, and it was just like, really, I don't know. It was kind of a magical time in some ways. Cause we would all, everybody was going, we were all hitting it really hard and all going to the same open mics and, um, following each other around and things like that. And I'm, uh, I'm hopeful and kind of like I mean to get back out to open mics because I'm sure that happens semi-regularly that a bunch of people come in together and get started and I'm I'm kind of wanting to see the next the next wave coming through. It's exciting. There's something that is really cool about that if you go to the open mic and you meet someone for the first time at the open mic and then you become friends and then it's like three years go by and you're still busting out tunes. It's it's really cool. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot. Uh, I find it's just a lot easier to make friends more quickly with uh, musicians or comedians or anything like that just because, I, d I don't know, when you've seen each other perform at an, at an open mic or something like that, there's just a, you spend less time, like, with your walls up, you know, <laughs> or, like, uh, investing in weird small talk. Or whatever. I think everybody, everybody, comedians and musicians and all that stuff at open mics, 
your guard is kind of down because everybody's performed for each other. So um, you kind of get right to it. And, and I made a lot of really great friends that way. Yeah, it's kind of like underground and fun and, yeah, goofy. And, yeah, that's really great. So, um, yeah, so I wanted to uh, was it play this other song. Was it Ink Blot? This is off uh, your latest record. Yeah, um, this is the title track. Yep. Yeah, and uh, so Tiny Phone um, Recording or Tiny Telephone Recording, they're in Oakland, or were they? Were they located? They uh, started in San Francisco, um, in the Mission, kind of near Potrero Hill area, but um, out by I believe it's called Presida Park. Um, oh no way! Yeah, we're really close. Yeah, to that, right? Um, yeah, right in the Mission there. Um, all analog recording equipment for a long time. They still have a ton of analog recording equipment. Um, some some great bands came through there. They expanded to Oakland. So that's like a new beautiful place that I have not been. And then uh, just recently, um, they are going to end up closing the San Francisco location, which was, uh, I was gutted, but uh, I was really happy to get one more experience in at the at the san francisco location and kind of had already known that it was going to close so tried to take a few extra laps around the place and everything and, and really enjoy yeah that's a, that's awesome that you were able to do that yeah so um here is a song ink blot off of doer's latest uh ep here um and we're gonna go ahead and go live here Just as easy as you love me, you can 
It's another fun track. Yeah, I'm, ha I'm happy with that one. It, it, it kind of took on some new life when we were recording it, and I'm, I'm really excited about it. Yeah. There was something, especially at the end, um, I'm curious, you know, the listeners too, that there was something that was like psychedelic about it. Like I felt like no matter where you are, where you're hearing this, that it's all in your head. And yeah, yeah, I think. Well, I mean, there's there's probably a couple, a uh, couple sides to that from from <laughs> a lyric lyrical perspective. Yeah, that was definitely. Uh, I don't know. I was kind of feeling very into this line of thought of, uh, you know, people project onto you, kind of exactly what they need you to be, and that can change over time. Um, so in some ways, like as as a musician, um, you know, people, <laughs> I don't know, take, take like a really uh, dense band like Radiohead or something, like people always like apply their own meaning to certain lyrics and things like that. People are always, but that's true, it's just person to person, like whatever they need out of you, they're kind of looking at you one way and then as they, times change and relationships change and like they may look at you a different way and, and I think I was thinking out of a context of like, uh, you know, you might have like this goofy personality characteristic and somebody really loves it about you and it's like charming at first and then over time they hate that about about you kind of thing. It's like I haven't changed. This is always, it's just people's perceptions and projections and things like that change over time, whether that's like your personality or your music and so I was really into that of, of like um you know yeah, they both of those things are true. Like somebody can be really driven and also really self-centered or something like those are those are two ways of describing the same thing and so that, that's kind of the it's in your head thing where that was coming from and then as far as the music side of things we just it was myself and, and Tommy P if, if I think you guys know each other and he's, he's doing all some of that guitar work and then Miriam uh, who produces the records with me as well and it started to get a little weirder and a little weirder and then it was like let's just really get let's lean into it so there's a lot of uh, really cool just wild guitar delays and stuff happening underneath the vocals there and things like that. It's, we, we just started playing around at that point and doing weird vocals and weird guitar tricks and that kind of thing. So it was, that was really fun. Yeah. That delay on the other guitar, that was great. Telephone, rec <laughs> tiny telephone <laughs> recordings. Wow. That'll be, that'll be cool. I'm glad that you guys were able to s slip in there before they... They moved out to have one last tale. Yeah, yeah, and it's um, I don't know. I I, I do enjoy kind of um, building up a little a tiny trophy case in my memory banks of just like cool shit that I want to remember it later. Because as it's happening, I'm just like blowing through it so fast. And um, but those have both been really cool experiences. Um, that I, I want to, you know, save. I want to save that file <laughs> to memory and, and that kind of thing. And just um, uh, there's something cool about there. And San Francisco has a lot of those places that are, are sort of relatively unchanged for a couple decades or more. And because San Francisco like changes so fast, it makes those places feel extra special while while they're there. It was another one. Was it uh, uh, Hyde Street Studios in the Tenderloin? I don't know if you've ever been to that location, but it was deep in the TL. 
It's like on Turk and Hyde. And yeah, yeah, I have not been, but they're they're classic as well, yeah. Yeah, it all just made... I felt like some of it... I'd be curious, like, you know, your experience, like when you're in there and you're recording, and depending on, like, the studio that you're in, but um, was it uh, Green Day's Insomniac? That that album was recorded there and then it's like gosh that makes so much sense they're just walking through the TL and there's all this all these drugs and stuff I don't know it's just I can't imagine like depending on like the atmosphere and where you're recording I feel like that might affect the the song too so um yeah definitely and and you know you're you're (laughs) even just how you're feeling those days while you're recording you, know, you may have written the song a while ago but just how you're feeling that week or whatever uh i think definitely plays a role into it and i think uh it's funny because some of those songs on this record i wrote when i was pretty stressed out or just like confused or things like that and then um that week was just like so nice and i just was, felt so happy and good to be you know just recording and, and having fun that I think in some ways that kind of comes through in a, in a weird texture of like, these are kind of uh, not sad, but just, you know, a little, a little bit uh, cynical songs. And that, but then why do you sound so happy kind of thing? And I, I think somehow that, that ends up shining through. Yeah. The, um, I can see that, you know, the contrast for sure. Yeah. It's really fun. Yeah, so I know, gosh, you so you recorded all these tracks on this EP just in the time of quarantine, or? Yeah, um, it was just before all of it really got started. So uh, <laughs> I know San Francisco is pretty early with doing their like emergency declaration, and that that happened while I was recording. So like first week in March, somewhere in there um, is when we were tracking, and it still just felt really far away there we were talking in the lounge and there was a band that had canceled a gig uh because they were concerned about coronavirus and it 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 seems (laughs) so silly in hindsight but i just remember being like that seems like a little much and then it was i don't know it was there was a certain week there was just like one day after another after another it just got like exponentially more like oh wow this is a real thing so uh it was just before that when it still felt fine to venture out of the house and all those kinds of things and then uh the the month after that when it's being mastered was like that's when shit got really crazy and it was and then it became a thing of like well i guess i don't think there's going to be a show to celebrate this for the foreseeable future so then it just became this thing of like let's just put it out let's put it up and figure out what happens after that as it comes you know that kind of thing so definitely the fastest i've ever gone from recording something to putting it up but you know, these are new, new times, so we're kind of all figuring it out at the same time. I can see that. I remember that too. I'm sure that people listening is the first time you heard about coronavirus. It's like, yeah, I mean, uh, people weren't even thinking it was real at that point. And then yeah, for it, it to be a, far away. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but this wouldn't have happened. It's possible that I mean, these tracks, you would have been out doing shows or doing whatever you would normally do and not have the extra time to put in the studio. So it seems like there's a lot of, there's a lot of good. I feel like, yeah, being an artist is awesome right now. I mean, other than being broke, but I think that's 
everything that comes along with being an artist anyways. So, um, yeah. I just, I'm wondering when the next time, I mean, because I think I went to, I was at, was it at Cafe du Nord? When was that? That was in the, that was this year, wasn't it? That show? Yeah, I know, right? It feels like so long ago. Yep, uh, Cafe du Nord was the last show, and that was at the end of January. Um, that was right when it, the, that was the, like when it was like, it felt like a rumor or something. Yeah. <laughs> it was like yeah, the coronavirus was just like the same. I've had the same feeling when someone told me for the first time that, oh yeah, Lady Gaga has a penis. I was just like, <laughs> I felt the same way about it when someone said something about this coronavirus. I'm like, yeah, right. I just didn't even believe it. Um, and then that was that was right when when you were at Cavity Nord. That was right when it happened, when it was starting. Yeah, just about. Yeah, it started and, picking up really quickly after that. And it's like time travel. Now we're here, like three months later. And this has gotten <laughs> to be this one of the most serious things of all uh, that I can ever remember. I mean, but um, yeah, I can't I think of anything think, that comes. Yeah. yeah, I feel like our generation, uh, people in their mid and, and late twenties and things like that, we've had a pretty interesting go of it <laughs> from like multiple economic crashes and world crises and terrorism and all kinds of shit but yeah <laughs> I feel like we're going through life on, on hard mode for sure yeah so I was looking at this track uh, Daydreaming I feel like that uh, <laughs> I I think of the first time that the, you know when you heard that it was going to be a lockdown I think it was at, um, it was announced was it March 13th that there was going to be a national emergency and that we're shutting down everything it was shelter in place and I remember thinking like oh yeah this is only going to go on until they said at the time April 7th I don't know if you remember that Um, and so I remember thinking oh it's just going to be over April 7th I mean that was you know three three weeks ago now two three weeks ago yeah. now um and there was just this extra shock that that went in with okay this coronavirus thing is a real thing now it's a shutdown you know it's going to be a two-week shutdown now it's a of a, a five-week shutdown and here we are <laughs> it's just like it's wild. I I can't Im- I can't imagine being in the studio and recording right now. I mean, I have done a little bit dabbled myself um, during these times because I feel like there's a lot of these mixed like things going. On. Like you said, the contrast of of everything. Um, but yeah, so I was I was gonna play daydreaming. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So this is um, this is. Uh, track called daydreaming off of a uh, doer's latest ep he recorded at a uh, tiny telephone uh recordings we got uh tommy p on the record here we are
always wanted more from this I wouldn't say it's happiness I made a plan for everything I haven't seen it happen yet I get the sinking feeling everything is stuck My friends aren't around, they all leave me out I turn them down enough not a medley great close thank you yeah yeah this is very well recorded yeah so, i always have fun uh we do it we do it on the big like reel to reel tape machine too and I, I think it uh it puts a little extra sound on there and it gets me in a good state of mind as well that there's sort of only so many tracks and only so much ability to go in and mess around with stuff to just 
just do a take <laughs> and be happy with it and, and move on. So, yeah, I'm really happy with how it came up. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, that is that is a good feeling. I feel like, you know, maybe you don't need to be – I feel like maybe life's an art form in itself. And maybe perfectionism isn't the right word. Like you'd mentioned, like you're locked in your room and you're just – and getting out there. Uh, and that you always want it to be better, but if you as an artist and as a person where you feel like this is good, then that's right, you know. That's the totally. right thing. That's a good feeling, yeah. Yeah, I think it's kind of a it's a big growth experience. It's like a weird challenge for artists and, and like I said, musicians, comedians, that kind of thing. That you really ha- there's no other choice than to kind of like people will be able to see your growth and people will be able to see not yet the finished product. You're kind of building the airplane while flying. Um, and I think that really goes against a lot of people, myself included (laughs) for a while, like it goes against your instinct and your like psychological safety net of like, I don't want to, I want my first thing I do to be really good and really perfect. Um, so therefore, you know, there's a lot of people that sit, hold off on, on making their first record for forever because they want to really just. I want it to be perfect and I want to blow up and I want it to be no doubt like everyone thinks it's great and it's like just make make one <laughs> and then you'll learn a lot and then move on to the next one and you'll learn more and more and more and uh, you'll get better at it and yes like it's weird for artists that that process of getting better at something like happens you know in person and on the internet and in front of people but uh, I think that definitely does translate to other parts of life as well as like this desire to like not do something unless you're good at it is can kind of be pretty counterproductive to things and it makes us like not venture out in a lot of ways i think yeah i can see that building the plane while it's flying in the air through the sound waves <laughs> just like yeah. totally picking it out as we go yeah I, I noticed that too you know and i've noticed you know you know, in any kind of form of art, I think, you know, just with music, because music's, you know, through the, the arts, through the sound waves. And if you were to play this song, like you have a studio version, and you, you play it at the Hotel Utah, and then maybe, you know, if you were to play it at Bazaar, it would, it would be a little bit different. But it's, it's a good song. You know, so that's something I realized, too, like spending so much time on the studio, but I don't, I don't know, depending on what you're doing, like... Uh, I've been messing around with these techno-y kind of beats, um, like for a drum synthesizer. And yeah. so, like, what's great about, I don't, you know, with your EP, I mean, you have a real live human playing drums. And so, you know, if you're just a regular, you know, an acoustic singer-songwriter that's out there playing at an open mic, and then you get in the studio with a techno track, it's like, I don't know, you just... Feel like Britney Spears or something with a guitar. It's really weird. Yeah, I think it's. I, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to do it. I, I I think it's really valuable, no matter what kind of music you make, um, acoustic or otherwise. Like, I think it's really cool to play those songs for people, 
before you record them. Um, I definitely understand the impulse to like, as soon as you write it, be like, perfect, let's put it down. But um, yeah, like songs change too, even after you think they're done, um, just in little ways. Maybe, maybe almost nothing changes, but just the way you sing a certain part. Um, there's like a feedback loop there, and I think that comes from playing it, like you said, in a bunch of different settings, quiet and loud and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah, there was a one time, my gosh, I'd seen Pizza Dumpster, and they were at a uh, open mic, and all there was was an electric guitar. So there wasn't, they, they, weren't, they didn't play acoustic, so I never heard him play on the electric. And so when you hear it, I feel like when it's plugged in in this, this EP, I mean, this this feels pretty rocking. Like this is a rocking album. Um, but, but you know, electric guitar, it's just, it has a whole different feel to it. Yeah. It's, it's kind of funny. I get, <clears throat> I get that comment quite a bit when, if people come to shows for the first time and we do shows as, as a full band and everything. And I'm, but I'm usually at open mics acoustically just cause it's, it's easier and you're not going to, like ask for people to come out and set up and all that, you know. So usually I'll just do open mics acoustically or whatever. I, I get that comment when it's people's first show. It's like, wow, I've never, never heard it as a band before. But it, it's funny to me because in my in my head that's always that's how they're written. Like that's what I'm hearing, and then the acoustic is like a side version or whatever. So uh, yeah, I, I love it. I love writing songs for bands for a band setting because you can get really big and really loud and sort of really get your point across. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, it's always more fun to play with actual real people. You know, that's fun when you incorporate all that. Definitely, yeah, and and those people, you know, contribute things to the songs to make them them better as well. Definitely, everything on that record at some point, I don't all five of them. There's there was a moment that somebody other than me said like I think maybe we should try this and we did and, and it was better for it so yeah collaborating with people makes you can't hold your own stuff too tightly um, it'll, it'll be better if you if you bring other people in yeah yeah so gosh it's just been a it's been a pretty interesting past couple of months there's no shows really to promote because there's no shows happening <laughs> so extra time to get on your um yeah get in the studio and yeah man thanks for the tunes this is great i think we should just play this whole record is it this this best wishes i play that oh one boy you can swear on the station right what was that you can swear on these airwaves right oh yeah we could say anything on this we could say anything okay except for that's my only intro to the song is clarifying that question (laughs) that's awesome great yeah so we're gonna uh, so this is uh, another song off of the um, doer's uh, latest EP you can find it on uh, Bandcamp and all the places where you could find music Uh, this is a song it's called uh, Daydreaming fuck you fuck your boyfriend too I'm sorry I don't wish the best 
is great. The intensity. <laughs> brief, brief and to the point. Yeah, that's bold. <laughs> that's bold. So, <laughs> I just, uh, after you recreate something like this, I mean, gosh, man, I would have felt like, I don't know, during these times and to pump out five new tracks just like that, I mean. Yeah, I tend to, uh, I, I save them. I like to do EPs. I just like having a kind of a collection instead of recording and releasing one after the other, which is probably smarter in to, like the digital world, but I like to do a bundle. And so, um, I, I sort of been thinking about this since like the end of last year. Um, but yeah, to get them all together and, uh, get them out just in time for the world to turn upside down was, uh, really lucky and uh it's sort of an enforced break after recording i probably would have tried to jump right back into something else or figuring out summer tour or those kinds of things and i would love to be doing those things but uh i'm just trying to find some silver linings and uh in that way it's kind of uh i don't have a choice but to take a little break after after recording so i think that that can be healthy as well yeah I'm just trying to think of when this whole thing, what happens is there's just going to be some huge post-pandemic party somewhere. Yeah, I hope so. That'd be really awesome. I mean, it's probably not smart because... Uh, yeah, probably not. might get sicker, but I still... So crowd surfing, just go right back into it? I would still, uh, yeah. In my dream scenario, there's a massive post-pandemic party, but... Uh, We'll have to see what the what the smart play is there. Yeah, it's gonna be really uh, it's going to be really interesting because I don't know. It could be one of two extremes. It could be, you know, nobody goes back out because they're too afraid to, you know, that they might potentially get the virus, or it could be like I'm tired of being at my place and locked in my place for two months, and it just rage. I, feel like I it's think as far as the music scene is concerned and I mean it's it's uh good news and bad news I think the music scene in San Francisco has uh found a way to be self-sustaining all within itself it's a very like supportive uh community in the sense that like musicians go to each other's shows uh all the time and, and prop each other up and and are you know there's there's a lot of really great and things like that also that's kind of happened with some exceptions i think there's not a ton of you know the general <laughs> public of, of san francisco is, is kind of a changing changing demographic and that demographic has not been as into live music the last decade or so i feel like but uh i think the good news there is uh, artists in san francisco will always support other artists in san francisco and, and because of that i think as soon as we're able uh shows will continue and shows will be attended and, and support will kind of pick back up where it left off, which is great. And I'm, <laughs> I'm really excited to go see my friends play music again. So I, I think that feeling is pretty mutual. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. I, I just, what if you're not an artist? Maybe someone, I mean, what do you do? I mean, like, 
I still, I mean, I felt like, you know, sitting around for the first week and being shelter in place, playing guitar for 12 hours straight every day. You only do that for so long. You can only clean your place for so long. And then you're like, I don't know. It's like being a caveman or something or being frozen. And it's, um, yeah, I feel uh, when we get through this, I have a lot of hope. But uh, you're right about the, the artists. There's definitely these artists, and you know, we were talking about. I was talking to someone the other day. A lot of artists have been displaced, but the ones that are, I mean that are here, it's so fun. I remember just running into some of our, you know, people in our local art community, just on the street busking, and me myself like busking on the street. <laughs> so we're just randomly running into each other on the street. There's something that's really cool that there's definitely a, a community. Um, yeah. I think it feels good too that it's a little bit underground or like uh, against all odds kind of thing of, of people uh, making music in the most expensive place ever. So uh, there's a, there's definitely a, a bond in that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I could um I could see. <laughs> I mean, this is just uh. It's just the corona is going to be a coming day where it's it's going to be like all right, doer, coronavirus is over. Everything's going to be all right. <laughs> there's a, there's going to be a day, you know, just the or the thought of that day, you know, where like you know we come up with a vaccine or or come up with something to where if somebody is infected that we have a cure for it and. I, I think it will. I think um, I'm I'm like a very cynical optimist. Um, what I, I guess what I mean is that I think mankind is very good at uh, getting itself into problems that it totally could have avoided, uh, but then being very clever about getting out of them. So, um, yeah, I think we'll totally... We probably could have done better to avoid this. I think we'll be smart to figure out a way out of it. I think we'll totally not be responsible with the planet. And then once California is underwater, somebody will think of something really clever and brilliant to try to undo that. So, like, I, I do have uh, some faith that just despite how stupid we are, that um, I think we'll, we'll pull another rabbit out of the hat and, and just keep buying more time to do dumb shit by thinking of really clever <laughs> solutions. So I think they'll figure something out. But a global financial reset. Yeah. Your credit cards are, you, you don't have to pay those anymore. They're, they're, you're good. Um, and all this, I, I, I can't, what are they going to do? I just, I don't see how, I mean, these, re, these bars and these restaurants and cafes, how do you stay open after being closed for two months? Yeah, I mean, there's certainly never been anything like this. So uh, I hope, I hope, I hope that um, music venues and, and cafes in San Francisco can, can in large part come back. Um, I haven't, I haven't really opened up the mental space to consider otherwise. But you, you gotta only dose yourself with so much hard reality. So, uh, but yeah, I really hope we're able to kind of go back to the usual joints to to see each other and play music. Yeah, it's gonna happen. 
It might be Stormtrooper style for a while, though. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I remember uh, taking Muni the other day. My car had actually broken down. I was taking Muni, and, you know, it was full-on mask and everything at that point. And there was this somebody that went and sat down and sat down two seats away from this guy. And he started throwing a fit. He's like, hey, you know, this coronavirus is supposed to be six feet away. And it's just like, on Muni, you cannot not be within six feet of someone. It's just so, (laughs) that's tough. I mean, that, yeah, that's tough. I'm lucky to get a seat on Muni most days. Considering I'm riding a fiber to 38. So, uh, yeah, if I'm sitting down in general, it's it's a light day of bus traffic. 38 gosh I remember one time I at one point I was looking to move to the Richmond and I tested out you know the 38 for what it'd be like and I must have got on the 38 the wrong day or something because everything was wrong I mean it was just every day every day my friend (laughs) it was a long hike I just didn't it didn't feel like it was ever going to end it was like yeah a battlefield in there. <laughs> yeah. Certainly is. Yeah, so we are... Richmond's a great neighborhood, so I can yeah, only plug it. I knew somebody's... Uh, a friend of mine's sister lived on Divisadero in Geary, and they were complaining about how bad it was. I'm like, that's only Divisadero. <laughs> that isn't that yeah, bad. And then... You add everything else. I guess if you know if you were in the outer Richmond or somewhere in mid Richmond or somewhere um, early on and on the line that maybe you'd be able to get a seat. But if it you know when it stops at Divisadero and Geary, you're lucky. To I mean you're not gonna get a seat. You'd be lucky to get crammed in between two people. Yeah, but it's just part of living there. But now it's, I mean, even now, I don't know, these munis seem to be pretty, there seems to be a significant amount of people still using public transportation. I've seen that. I mean, you have to. I don't, I don't have a car in San Francisco, so, me and me or bus, but, I mean, I, you know, I'm sure they're doing what they can, too. I, like I said, I'm in, I'm in Michigan now, so I'm kind of totally isolated, but, uh, yeah, some people, usually myself, uh, muni is just where it's at, so... <laughs> No choice. Gosh, it was funny, you know, looking back at these pictures of these bands that were taking Muni back in the 90s. Yeah, it's a, it's a trip. Such a throwback, too, you know. Um, I feel like SF in the 90s was probably really fun. I feel like I just missed a really good time. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe 20 years from now we'll be saying the same thing about this you know that could very Maybe. well be true. i don't know that's the right outlook it's interesting too because you think in like the 60s too there was definitely a lot of not very great things happening in the 60s but then all you remember is the the art and those you know rock and roll and everything that was happening then it yeah i yeah. don't know yeah time has a way of filtering out bad stuff that's definitely true Nostalgia exists for a reason, because 
we tend to forget the bad and really hang on to the good. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But yeah, no, you're totally right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. We are winding down uh, to the end here. Uh, did you want to play one last track? Sure. Yeah, it's the last track on the album, and then I'll just uh, do a little plug as well. That um, if anybody out there listening likes it, uh, the the name of the uh, the music is under Dewar D E W R, um, and you can search for that. Or uh, social stuff is Dewar Music D E W R Music. So, yeah. But thanks for having me on. I re- I really enjoyed it. It's really fun, man. Yeah. So this is uh this is a song called Celebrate off of the uh, the EP. Thanks for tuning in, you guys. Saturday is my birthday (laughs) Ask me what I want to do I guess if I could do anything at all I'd want to spend it with you
How much is a crime scene detective? I need the entire apartment inspected. I want every trace of her time here detected and placed in the bags and put out for collection. I wanna be free. Her ghost keeps haunting me.
Well, I always wanted more from this. I wouldn't say it's happiness. I made a plan for everything. I haven't seen it happen yet. I get the sinking feeling. Everything is stuck. My friends aren't around. They all leave me out. I turn them down enough. Not a medley.
Saturday is my birthday. Ask me what I wanna do. I guess if I could do anything at all, I'd wanna spend it with you. All right, that was Inkblot. Hey, good stuff. You're still listening to JW's Megaweg. He went outside, and I'm sure he'll be back to finish up the show. Uh, until then, I will play some other music. I found some music in my bag the other day, which is exciting. No idea what it's going to be like. Let's check it out together, shall we? Again, this is JW Megawake.
he is outside right now. And he just interviewed the ink block guy. It was great, great music. I really enjoyed it. Had kind of a Dr. Dog feel. This is a mystery CD I found in my bag. It's labeled 2010-2011. MC Mix. MC. Yeah, that's all it is. 2010-2011. MC Mix CDA. Here we go. Oh, it's not reading it. It just read it a second ago. Man. Man, it read it, and then it said, I'm not. Okay, it's not going to read it. Let's try this second one. It really did. I promise you, I did. Te I did tech this out before I. Before I started, I'll just wait for those little numbers to come up. Oh man, come on, come on, read it. You were there a second ago. Yeah. Okay.
Hello, it's me. This is MutinyRadio.fm on the internet from San Francisco. And it is time to get on board the morning train. Take me. Oh, yeah. 
now on Well, I've satisfied my anchor And I've got somebody new When I cut loose my anchor I saw the last of you There's a gonna be smooth sailing from now on Cause my cheating baby's gone Maybe I'll have peace of mind Cause I know just what I'll find from now on I've got me a new baby all my own and I'll never From her head to her feet, she's got all those others beat. Smooth sailing from now on. I'll be the skipper and we'll have a little crew. She and I in kisses and oh yeah, Mr. Moon. They're gonna be smooth sailing from now on. Cause my
una pollita de acá. Yo soy el tecolotito que viene de Apalzingán. No más me vengo a arrimar a una pollita de acá. Te curi, 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 te curi, 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 curi. No más me vengo a arrimar a una pollita de acá. A una pollita de acá. Ne camazitu zayadeli, 